Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC Football Podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. He's Mike McDaniel. Mike, week 12 is upon us. Thanksgiving week is upon us. Happy Thanksgiving. How are you doing? You ready to go? Happy Thanksgiving to you, Joey. And we have games here on Friday, games on Saturday. We've got games on Thursday. It's an action-packed week here, Joey. What, What games on Thursday? Uh, not in the ACC, just in general, <laughs> college football. Fair enough, fair enough. Is, yeah. it, is this an NFL Sorry. podcast now? I mean, it could be. <laughs> well, there is there is some college football on Thursday, come to find out. So There is. That that should be fun to watch, too. Um, yep. Yeah, I'm excited for this week. Should be a good one. Um, I actually, you know, I, I realize this is a, a tough, you know, an unusual year. Um, we actually will be traveling to Atlanta to go see my my family. Um, I You, I believe, are staying kind of in your area with your with your family. Yeah, most of my family here is local. Okay. Um. So, and the folks that are out of town usually don't travel for Thanksgiving. They travel for Christmas. So, mm-hmm. yep. Pretty much the norm here. Well, good deal. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously two different approaches here this year, but I mean, it seems like your approach every year is about this. So, yep. um, yeah, we're, you know, we're, we're going to try to be smart, be safe about it, but still see some family here for, for Thanksgiving. Make sure the, uh, the grandparents are able to see the, uh, the little kid. Uh, little CJ, so uh, we'll, we will report back on that. Mike, we have some games to preview. Um, before we do that, we got a couple things we need to follow up on here. Um, first off, one of the things that we talked a good amount on our uh, Week 11 recap about was, goodness gracious, this Clemson-Florida State game was canceled last weekend, and it has not gone away at nope. all. Um, f- first off, you had Dan Radakovich, the Clemson AD, tweeting stuff out Saturday morning. You had Dabo Swinney making statements. You had Mike Norvell firing back. We had yep. Swinney saying some stuff on Sunday that we didn't seem was all that tasteful. Then Norvell coming back and saying, well, the coaches aren't doctors. And then Swinney coming back saying, I, I'm not really worried much about what they got down there in Tallahassee. I've been in this league 18 years, head coach for 12. They've had three head coaches in four years. Y'all, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> shut up. Look, this is a tough year. It's a tough situation. Nobody knows what the right answer is. I don't think there is a right answer. Let it go. Like, yeah, the one the one thing you uh, didn't mention there was also Mike Norvell being like, hey, look, I'll pay, I'll front the money to make sure that Clemson comes to Tallahassee. Great. Like, if, if we raise money for it, I'll put a pretty good chunk of money in it myself. Mm-hmm. It's like what are like what are we doing here also what's the acc doing here can i criticize the acc for a second what yeah the they're hell doing, are they doing a bunch of bleeping nothing can, can we just have the acc just step in here tell both schools to shut the hell up and can we all move on like yeah. this is ridiculous and this is what happens too we, we touched on this on the last podcast this is what happens when you leave the decision up to the schools and like i said before the acc's heart was in the right place on this because 
Nobody knows the situations at their respective schools better than the medical staffs assigned to these teams, right? Mm -hmm. The team's medical experts know the COVID situation at their respective school better than anybody else. So I understand leaving it up to them to decide whether or not it's safe enough to play the football game. But when this kind of thing happens, you look at it, like kind of zoom out a little bit, take like a 10,000 foot view. And it's like, man, this is something that was absolutely going to happen. Mm -hmm. when you leave it up to the member institutions to make those decisions instead of making a decision as a conference, Mm -hmm. right? And I mean, the ACC, I guess they're just going to take the approach of we're not going to step in because we haven't stepped in at all this entire time, which is fine, but Mm -hmm. we all just want everybody to move on. And I feel like national college football people too, they keep asking Dabo these questions. It's not like local media keeps asking him. It's national media people. Like they keep kind of stirring the pot and it's not like Dabo is bringing this stuff up unprompted, like in his defense, like he hasn't just been like, all right, like Florida state go screw. Like he's not saying that beginning of every press conference, but when a question comes up, instead of just being like, yo, we're moving on. He likes to take a dig every now and then and it's continued all week. So this hasn't just been an immediate aftermath of the game thing. It's been something that's kind of continued to transpire throughout the week, unfortunately. Yeah. Like and and that's you're you're correct. Like Dabo's not showing up to his press conference saying, "You guys want to know my updated thoughts on Florida State?" Like, right. But but at the same time, you know, people are still asking him, and even that's not the problem. The problem is that he keeps giving them something. Like he does. The yeah. correct answer here is, "I'm done talking about that. We're moving on." You know, let's talk about something else. But yeah. he won't do he's that, so they the, keep asking him. Yeah, and he's making the the media's job easy too. Right. Because they're trying to get an answer out of him and instigate more controversy. Mm -hmm. And he's making it real easy for him because he keeps giving him thoughts on the matter, which is done with. Like, nobody cares. Can we please just go play football? Let it go. Yeah. You ever seen that movie Frozen, Mike? Oh, my God. Let's We're going to do this, aren't we? (laughs) No, I'm going to leave it right there. But you you get where I was going (laughs) with that. Thank you. You get where I was going with that. Um, I'll I'll have a daughter at some point, I'm sure. So that's right. We can cross that bridge when we get to it. Yeah. You will get intimately, intimately familiar with the movie Frozen. So we will uh, circle back on that when that happens. Um, Mike, I will say the the one thing that has kind of been in the discussion kind of surrounding this is if you have people asking kind of why, why is it that Dabo is, is saying this? Like, what's the motivation? You know, what could the possible you know reasoning here be? A lot of the, the discussion has been around, well, you know, Clemson now has a loss on the resume. They, you know, a lot of getting into the playoff at this point is is a perception thing. And they're going right. to go in there and probably hang like 80 points on Florida State this weekend. And so they don't, right. don't get the opportunity to do that, at least not at, at the originally scheduled time. Um, I will say, in response to that, as a nice little transition here, we do have our first set of college football playoff rankings that came out mm. fresh, mm-hmm. hot out of the oven this evening, Mike. Uh, first set of rankings, we got four ACC teams ranked. Number two, Notre Dame. Number three, Clemson. Number 10, Miami. Number 19, North Carolina. Mike, one of these things is not like the other. Any guesses uh, on Notre which Dame? one? Oh, I was going to say that Virginia Tech probably should have been ranked. I don't know. <laughs> I was just going to – I was jumping on the joke of, is Notre Dame really an ACC team? I was just going <laughs> to kind of – 
jump on that bandwagon. You took that a different direction. Still funny, though. Sorry, sorry. Kicking you while you're down, that whole thing. Um, yeah, I'm not sure how much I believe in Miami at a number 10 overall Yeah. Rating. Yes, they're 7-1. and one. Yes, that's good. And yes, they're better than in previous years. But, I mean, teams behind them that I'd feel okay <laughs> with their shot against Miami, number 11, Oklahoma, number 12, Indiana, number 13, Iowa State, number 14, BYU, number 15, Oregon, 16, Wisconsin, uh, 19, North Carolina. Uh, I was going to say, <laughs> North Carolina's on that list, right? <laughs> yes, I think so. Um, so, interesting seeing Miami rank that high. And, I, I mean... I'm, I can't really say that I think that their uh, their fortunes are going to change anytime here in the next three games, I, although they do get North Carolina here in a couple of weeks. So yep. I guess then we'll find out for sure. But yeah, otherwise, I mean, I think North Carolina, they're right at the fringe of the top 20 is probably about right. And then I, I don't see anybody else other than those four teams in the conference that really deserve to be anywhere near the rankings at this point. NC State. <clears throat> mm, no. Hmm. No, the resume still doesn't add up for me with NC State. Like they've been good, they've been better this year. But again, I mean, we can take a quick look at you know who is NC State's best win as the fifth best team in the ACC. They've beaten Wake Forest, Pittsburgh, Virginia, Duke, Florida State, and Liberty. Who's the best team they've beaten, Mike? <laughs> uh to date, probably UVA. I think I would take UVA over Liberty right now. Mm, yeah, and I I mean, I could see Wake Pittsburgh Forest, right? in that discussion as well. Mm-hmm. But they got blown out by Virginia Tech. They got blown out by North Carolina, and they lost to Miami. Now, that was yeah. a close loss to Miami, but I just – I mean, there's such a, a gap there in how they have played against decidedly good teams and decidedly bad teams. And I am kind of doing a little bit of work there – labeling Virginia Tech as a decidedly good team for what it's worth, but I'm going to, I'm just going to keep kicking you here. (laughs) I'm just going to keep kicking you here. Um, No, I I don't think NC state or Boston college or anybody else really belongs anywhere near those rankings. NC state's probably going to be in the top 20 potentially. Maybe, maybe they will be like 21 or 22 by the time the season ends because they're not going to lose the next two weeks. Um, I mean, I don't think they're losing this weekend. We'll preview that game here shortly. Mm-hmm. But just given who's remaining on NC State's schedule, I mean, obviously they have the game this weekend against Syracuse, and they finish here at Georgia Tech. They'll be favored in that game as well, and that's at home. Yep. So they have a pretty good chance of finishing the year 8-3, and three, and if they do that, then it'll be fine. As of right now, like I, I probably agree with you. Um, although, I mean, it, I can't sit here and really criticize them too much for, you know, losing to Miami by three. And, you know, they beat Liberty. They beat two ranked teams at the time they played them, right? Albeit by a point each time, <laughs> you know. And one of them Pitt. was Pittsburgh, yeah. One of them was Pitt, and then the other one being Liberty. Um, I think that was a Pittsburgh hey, missed extra point, too, if I'm remembering. Win ugly, right? Win ugly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they'll be there at the end of the year. but. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. I, I would say that there is almost no chance that they lose this weekend. Again, we'll talk about that here in a little bit. There is not much chance that they lose the following week hosting Georgia Tech. We'll talk about that next week. I, I Maybe like a 15 to 20% chance of losing that game. Uh, but right. Yeah, significant favorite at home against a not-that-good Georgia Tech team. Like You should be okay. And, and yeah, if you go 8-3 and, and and in the ACC, yeah, you're probably ranked at the end of the year. 
Right. And then one more quick thing, kind of circling back to Miami. I agree with you. Like, they're probably not the 10th best team in the country, but they've only lost to Clemson. So they're just going to be ranked kind of how they are, regardless of how they looked. Like, you're not going to put a two loss team ahead of, ahead of Miami right now, right? Like, over UAB, Louisville, Florida State, Pittsburgh, Virginia, NC State, and a one point win at Virginia. Or at Virginia Tech, sorry. I think Miami should be in in the 15 to 20 range. Like, that's where I think they're at, realistically. I, I'd put them down there around North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like high high 20s, low teens, something like that. Like, yeah, I mean, you've won three games in a row by a combined, what, five, eight, nine points against teams that if you're a top 10 team, you probably should be, you know, comfortably winning by a couple of scores. Like, yeah, I... I'm still skeptical about Miami. I'm skeptical about a couple of these teams, but we'll, uh, you know, we'll get there as, uh, as we got these next few weeks to really see who is uh, actually cut out for all this. We'll see. It's, yeah, it's pretty funny because I think they're, I mean, obviously they're a good amount of Miami fans who listen to this podcast and a lot of them are probably pulling their hair out that we're talking about Miami like this. I just want to let them know, like Cam probably agrees with us. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'd be happy to ask Cam and I mean, if I asked Cam to make an argument for why Miami should be number 10 in the rankings, I bet he could do that. Mm-hmm. But if I ask Cam, you know, off the record, man to man, just give it to me straight here. I bet he'd tell me, yeah, they're probably probably not one of the, you know, there's probably more than nine teams in the country better than Miami right now. Yeah. And, and even on the record, I think he'd present that argument. Yeah. He's, yeah, he did that in the last couple of weeks. He's been on with us twice and. Mm-hmm. He's talked about how inconsistent that team's been. So, yep, yep. Shout out to Cam here. Yep, Mike. We got games to preview. We do. Six we got a few them. good ones here. We do. We do. Um, one of these in particular. We'll start here with the uh, potential game of the year candidate. Uh, Black Friday, Mike. You going to be going out doing shopping, fighting people for TVs and PS fives and whatever people do on Black Friday. PS five's been secured. Ooh. All right. Shout out, Scott. Did you have to fight um, Scott for the PS5? No, uh, Scott. It was a multifaceted operation to secure the <laughs> PS5, and Scott is the one who secured it. So, out of boy, shout out Scott, out of boy. Okay, so Black the answer Friday. is no. I will not be doing that. I will be watching football, Joey. All right. Well, the game you'll be watching, I bet, at three thirty p.m. on ABC on Black Friday. The number two Notre Dame Fighting Irish, a four and a half point favorite on the road in Chapel Hill, taking on the number nineteen North Carolina Tar Heels. Total is sixty-seven. Mm-hmm. Mike, I, I mean, Clemson Notre Dame pretty clearly like has to run away with game of the year in the ACC. But if you're looking for the next like two or three candidates, this has potential to be right there. Um, mm-hmm. This will be Notre Dame's biggest test between now and the ACC championship game, presumably. Um, North Carolina with a big chance to, you know, stake their claim as a, uh, again, a top 25, you know, team that should make some noise, maybe even a a New Year's Six kind of bowl. This is their chance. Um, Should be a fun game. A lot of, a lot of things going on here. Notre Dame only four and a half points, the favorite. That seems small to me. I don't know. This is a very important game for Notre Dame from the standpoint of, 
quality wins and how you look in those wins, right? Now, the, the Clemson game a few weeks ago, obviously a massive resume-building win as far as a college football playoffs concerned. I think if Notre Dame looks really dominant against a North Carolina team that offensively is one of the best in college football, if they find a way to hold down North Carolina enough and look real dominant in this football game, I think we might be looking back on this game in particular about a month from now and saying, you know what, that's the game where Notre Dame really helped themselves, regardless of what happens in the ACC championship game. If Notre Dame wants to have an argument to still make the field of four at the end of the year for the college football playoff, even with a loss to Georgia Tech, this is one of the games you can point to saying not only did they beat Clemson right in South Bend, but they looked dominant against North Carolina team that finished the year, you know, eight and three or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a really important game from that standpoint. I think schematically what this comes down to is can North Carolina slow down Notre Dame, right? And on the flip side, can Notre Dame slow down North Carolina's offense enough that if this game gets into a shootout, Notre Dame can feel good about the ultimate outcome? Because I think North Carolina, with all their offensive weapons, and I think you can make the argument, quite frankly, that North Carolina has a better offense than Notre Dame does, um, more consistent more consistent anyway. And Notre Dame's offense has been really good and has really come on in the last month. So I don't want to slander them too much, but when you look at the talent at receiver and at quarterback and their running games, really good North Carolina, at least matches Notre Dame in several different areas of their offense and probably exceeds Notre Dame in a couple different areas, right? Like I think Sam Howell is a better quarterback than Ian book. Um, I think the two headed monster Uh, that North Carolina has in their backfield, which Javante Williams and Michael Carter is probably greater at this point um, than Kyron Williams and Chris Tyree and Sebo Flemister when, when he gets some run for Notre Dame as well. So it's close, but like I lean North Carolina offensively when you're just looking at the two offenses side by side, but defensively it's pretty decisive in Notre Dame's favor. Um, I think Notre Dame's defense is probably, um, it's definitely the bet the better of the two units, but I think this could Notre Dame's defense. I think could potentially be the best part of this game, as good as these two offenses are. Yeah, uh, Notre Dame's defense. I think is proven that they are pretty underrated. I mean, I, I think they are obviously a really good unit, but they are they have looked like an elite unit now for the past like five or six weeks. And for as good as North Carolina's offense is, and as good as Notre Dame's offense has shown to be over the last month or so. I think Notre Dame's defense is the reason why the Irish won this football game. Yep. I think they win this thing going away, Joey. Um, Four and a half seems low. I think Notre Dame wins this game by 10 or 12. Um, I don't trust North Carolina's defense, and that's what it boils down to. And I think Notre Dame will make enough stops against North Carolina's offense to get enough separation in this game to win and cover. I love the under because of that, too. Um, I think Notre Dame can hold down North Carolina's offense enough and keep it at bay. Um, and because of that, I think this game goes under. And to be honest, Joey, even though Notre Dame's offense has looked really good, North Carolina's defense has looked really bad. I don't think this is a game where Notre Dame scores like 40 points either. I don't, I don't feel that way. Maybe th- that'll be proven wrong. Um, but this feels like a ball control game for the Irish. Keep North Carolina's offense off the field, help your defense and, 
you know, play complementary football. And I think Notre Dame wins this game by two scores. I really believe that. Yeah, to me, I mean, it's it's funny you mentioned the like comparing the offenses and the fact that you might take Sam Howell over Ian Book and you might take the the running backs over you know of uh, uh, Javante Williams, Michael Carter over Kyron Williams, Sebo Flemister, those guys. I, I, I'm almost thinking of it from the terms of like I might take Sam Howell and his entire stable of skill talent over Ian Book and his because. To me, I mean, Ian Book has a couple of guys that he's throwing down the field to. Sam Howell's got those, you know, those same guys, maybe maybe better, you know, Deami Brown and and Bo Corrales and a couple of those guys. But he's also throwing the ball a good top amount. three or four receiving core, right? Yeah, I mean, in, in college football, like he he's got a a, a very right. and talented unit. But he's also it's not those aren't the only guys he's throwing it to. He'll throw it to Javante Williams. Right. He'll throw it to Michael Carter. And I, I, you know, so they've got a lot of ways to move the ball. North Carolina's offense, they sputtered a little bit to start the year, and they, they've had, I guess what I would call three performances so far this year where it, it it was, I don't know, slow going or it was a little bit of a mess, and that was where they scored 31 points against Syracuse to start the year where they did almost all that damage in the final 20 minutes of the game. Uh, they scored 26 points against Boston College uh, where they still gained 400 yards and upwards of six yards per play. And they scored 28 points against Florida State, and that was a loss where Florida State scored 31, and I think at least 14 of those of the 31 are off turnovers. You know, So North Carolina this, this year has had at least 400 yards of total offense in every game that they've played. They've not had less than six yards per play in any game that they've played. The last several games, I mean, they have been cruising on offense. <laughs> Uh, like the last five games that they've played, they've had at least 6.8 yards per play. In the last three games, they've had upwards of eight and three quarter yards per play against Virginia, Duke, and Wake Forest. But Mike, what you mentioned about Notre Dame's defense is yep. the difference. Yep. Notre Dame's got a little bit better defense than Virginia, Duke, Wake Forest, NC State, Florida State, Virginia Tech, Boston College, Syracuse. Only a little bit. Only a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, that is that is the thing. So if, if North Carolina wants to win this game, I'm with you. It needs to. This basically would have to turn into a shootout for them, because I have very little, if any, faith in North Carolina's defense to stop Notre Dame's offense. And and that's before whatever you think of you know what Ian Book is turning into and and his ability to throw the ball down the field. Like that that rushing offense has been pretty dominant with Kyron Williams and, and them all year. Just that part, I don't know that North Carolina can stop. Right. So I'm kind of with you. Like, I, this is a road game, and I was somebody coming into the year, I was really high on North Carolina, and I saw this opportunity as a potential game of the year and where North Carolina I thought was going to win their way into the ACC championship game and all this. But with what we've seen so far this year – I'm I'm kind of falling back to what you said early in the year is that North Carolina probably a year away. I'm starting to have questions truthfully about North Carolina their their defense in general under Jay Bateman. Like clearly the offense yeah. works, but we're kind of going back to you know a year and a half ago or so where we were having a couple of questions about marrying the schemes of Phil Longo and, mm-hmm. and Jay Bateman. Um. I'm with you. If you're if you're only making me give five points with Notre Dame, I I'll give them. I'll yeah. Give them. I mean, this seems like a very complete, very well put together Notre Dame team. Give me the Irish. I'll give five points with that. And the sixty-seven, 
Yeah, I mean, I think it stays under that a little bit. Just I, I think that they're going to give North Carolina more problems than any defense has all year. And you're not going to keep North Carolina off the scoreboard, but you might be able to win this game like 35-24, something like that. I mean, this is Brian Kelly's best team that he's had in South Bend. 100%. By far. Like, I, I don't think it's all that close. Now, he's had some very good teams. He had a team two years ago, went to college football playoff that was very good, and deep on defense, stuff like that, but... This is the best team he's had in South Bend, mm-hmm. and they're going to lose Ian Book next year, but they have a really talented quarterback behind him and a lot of offensive skill talent coming back, and this is built to last, Joey. This is a different Notre Dame team. like Than even just four or five years ago. Well, yeah. I mean, 2012, everybody, you know, the laughing stock of, college football going into the playoff like they didn't they didn't deserve to be in the national championship game right that that was before the college football playoff they won every game they played by like a touchdown don't you slander Lene kakua like that oh no (laughs) oh no getting this podcast haunted by the ghost of Lene kakua mike yeah i was gonna it's it's pretty funny i was going to ask my imaginary friend over here if they would also pick Notre Dame to cover the spread um that's the ouija board Oh, we're going that route, are we? <laughs> ACC after dark. Um, yeah. Uh, long story short, this is a Notre Dame program that's come a long way under Brian Kelly. I think 2016 was a real turning point in the program and inflection point, obviously, where this could have gone a couple different ways as far as his tenure in South Bend. This is the best team that he's had. This this team is built to last. This isn't a team that now goes up against elite competition and rolls. I'm not calling North Carolina elite competition. They're a very good team, but they're not quite there, obviously. Um, they have an elite offense. Elite offense, not mm-hmm. defense mm-hmm. trash. But they, uh, Notre Dame isn't this team that we saw even two or three years ago where they go into a big game and just roll over. Um they beat a very good Clemson team, even without Trevor Lawrence. That's a very good Clemson team over there. That's ranked third in the college football playoff rankings and one of the favorites to win the national championship. And Notre Dame went back and forth with them in South Bend. I, I just, it's a new, it's a different program. It's yeah. just a different yeah. program now. And this is built to last Brian Kelly's best team in South Bend. And I don't think this is a game that they lose. I don't. And maybe we sit here on Sunday and we're wrong, but I don't know. I'd roll with the Irish. That's a, that's a low point spread. I mean, this is a huge opportunity, too, for Brian it Kelly is. and this program to prove that it is something a little bit different. Because in previous years, I mean, this is this is the level of game that they are very apt to lose. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. so yep. Um, I, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I don't think that they lose it. I think that what we are seeing is a true phase shift from what we've seen from Notre Dame. And again, just four or five years ago, even though, uh, you know, at least the, the man running the whole show from the top is still the same guy. Like, I... You you alluded to it on you know some of the Virginia Tech stuff is like he's made changes in the last few years and it's it's paying off and this is kind of what you're seeing it it, it turn into so um, I'm with you I I'm not gonna make the under an official play I just feel like at this point in 2020 <laughs> picking unders not a not the bad, wisest bad proposition um, I mean how many how many games have we seen where a total is this high and then it's gone over by like halftime I mean right <laughs> anything yeah, on the well. table. Yeah, I'll make it a play, but I agree with you. Yeah, I don't blame you at all for not touching it. But there you go. So we're both on Notre Dame, and you're on the under. I am. Yep. There we go. All right, let's move on to Saturday, Mike. Three thirty on ESPN. 
the Pittsburgh Panthers, a mere 24-point underdog on the road in Death Valley, taking on the number three Clemson Tigers. Total is 55. Um, Mike, I, Clemson, it's been a couple weeks. They might be a little rusty. Uh, Trevor Lawrence hadn't played a game in like a month and a half or something or other at this point. Um, coach seems kind of distracted. Do you feel like this is a good spot for Pittsburgh? Nope. Do you? Hell no. Yeah. Hell no. This is a full-on like limb from limb being just absolutely shredded left and right. Like if you're a pit, if you're a pit fan, just maybe consider not watching this game because Clemson is going to annihilate Pittsburgh in this game. They're given 24 points. Mike, I don't care. Clemson might, they could be given 44 here. I'll give them. Clemson might score 80 here. And I don't, so you know what? Let's make this real simple. Mike, we're locking it up. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. Don't make it any harder than it has to be. Just lock that baby up. Clemson's going to kill, kill Pittsburgh on Saturday. And it's not even a Pittsburgh thing. Clemson would kill anybody on Saturday. Good pick, Joey. (laughs) Thanks. Good pick. Um, this this line is an overreaction to Pittsburgh's performance against a bad Virginia Tech team a 100%. week ago. Um, this should be about a touchdown more than this, and at minimum, at at minimum, Florida State was a thirty-five and a half point underdog to Clemson last week before the game got canceled. We saw what Pittsburgh did to Florida State a few weeks back, but Pittsburgh going up against Clemson shouldn't be much different than Florida State going up against Clemson from a point spread standpoint. I will die on that hill. Clemson is the play here, Joey. Mm -hmm. Clemson minus anything, and we talked about this last week, previewing the Florida State game that inevitably got canceled. This is where we're entering the territory of Clemson minus anything from now until the end of the season. Mm -hmm. And it has nothing to do with even the caliber of opponent in front of them. You just don't bet against Clemson with big spreads from here on out because they're going to try to kill everybody in their path, especially now that they're ranked third in the college football playoff rankings. All the more reason to solidify that spot, especially when you have an Ohio State team that's kind of bringing up the rear in terms of like the top four teams in the country from the standpoint of they haven't played as many games and haven't had as many opportunities, obviously, because Big Ten started late and they've had some cancellations since they started to play. So the more games that Ohio State gets under their belt, the more chances they have to prove that maybe they sh- they're deserving of the number three spot. Clemson's going to want to hold on to that for dear life. They're not going to jump Notre Dame until they potentially beat the Irish in an ACC championship game. Mm-hmm. So you've got to hold on to that number three spot for dear life. You do that by kicking the crap out of every team you play from here on. Now Clemson big here. Over. <laughs> we're we're going to take the over too, by the way, because I think Clemson could score 40 by themselves. And I think Pittsburgh can score 14 to 17 points in this football game. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, the, the only way you lose this is if, it, if Clemson wins like 52 to 3 and it pushes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, Mike, I have, I have really bad news for anybody who's like a Clemson walk-on right now. All that playing time you've been getting in the fourth quarter of games so far this year. Yep. Guess a goodbye. Not happening. Like No, not happening. Unless Clemson does all their scoring in the first half, and then you know they might get more playing time. They might just start in the third quarter. I don't know. Like I, I'm of the like you might take out Trevor Lawrence, but then you're going to put in big old DJ Uyunglele and just you know keep the pedal to the metal. And I mean, 
I just, especially with the heel turn lately with Dabo and some of this stuff, like, I just, I have no reason to believe that Clemson is going to slow up on anything against anybody. So if you can't Nor stop it yourself, should they? they're not going to stop. Like, they're not going to stop themselves. Yeah. Like, right. so. Yeah. So I agree. Yeah. Just don't get anybody hurt. There's a lot of football left. Don't get anybody hurt. Yeah. Completely with you. Clemson in the over. I, again, I, Clemson might score 55 by themselves. Um, yep. I'm with you. I mean, run defense for Pittsburgh is okay. You know, is I mean, it's it's more than okay. It's good. It's, it's damn good. good yeah, it's damn good. And so, getting ETN going in the run game early on might not be easy, but you know, I mean, you open up a big lead and just I I just I don't see it. For, <laughs> I don't think Pittsburgh is going to keep this competitive. I really don't. I don't either. So, um, Mike, you ready to move on? Are we going to talk about Louisville and Boston College? We will, um, but first, Mike, you mentioned for Black Friday you're you're not going out and and hitting up those PS5s and tailgating and people watching while they fight over TVs and deals and nonsense or anything like that, right? Right, right. That's right. I might do some online shopping though, Joey. Online shopping from where? What kind of online shopping? Homefield Apparel, baby. That is a great idea, Mike. Homefield Apparel doing a Black Friday sale all week. Uh, from now through November the 30th, that's next Monday, Homefield Apparel doing a Black Friday sale. You can get your deals from them all week long. Get your Christmas shopping in early. Uh, get some great gifts. I'm looking at getting one from my dad. Um, not only is he a big Louisville fan, Mike, and that's how I became a Louisville fan, he's also a Western Kentucky grad. And who boy, do they have some cool big red designs on there from Western Kentucky. They do. So I, I'm telling you, it is you've got several ACC schools on there, but more than that, they've got a lot of other programs that you can go find some really cool vintage uh, gear from and get vintage logos, vintage looks, um, great quality shirts, you know, t-shirts, uh, sweatshirts, hoodies, all sorts of things. All the men and women in your life that need good-looking, comfortable stuff, go find it from HomeFieldApparel.com. This time around, 30% off. Use the promo code BFGOACC at checkout. BFGOACC at checkout, 30% off your order from now until November 30th, like Joey mentioned. That's right. And if, you, if you're if you listening to this for some reason after November the 30th, you can still get 20% off your first order with promo code just regular GOACC at checkout. But again, yep. as Mike mentioned, between now and November 30th, use promo code BFGOACC for 30% off your order Get that Christmas shopping in early. Support some really good people. Get some really good-looking, comfortable wear at homefieldapparel.com. Mike, you want to talk about Louisville now? I don't know about Louisville, but I do want to talk about Boston College right now. Ooh. Well, that's interesting mm. you mentioned that because Louisville is a one-point underdog on the road in Chestnut Hill at Boston College at 4 o'clock on the ACC Network. Total is 55. Mike, give me the Eagles. Yep. Give me BC. All right, and here's why, right? Louisville's defense, I still have some questions about them. Not as bad as they were a month or six weeks ago. Not as bad. I still think Phil Dracovic could throw all over him. I think the yes. potential's there. Yeah. Potential's there for that. Um, Zay Flowers could have a big day. Hunter Long could have a big day. Uh, I mean, it's basically just an even spread, right? I mean, BC's a one-point favorite. Like, mm -hmm. this is literally coin flip territory yet i think bc is a touchdown better than louisville is i really do believe that um i i don't know this is a battle of two teams that have been kind of trying to find consistency all year long but i feel a lot better about bc 
searching for that than I do with Louisville. Louisville has just been so up and down. Um, it, it's been, you know, some weeks it's been really good. Other weeks it's been really bad. They played that really weird 12-7 game against Notre Dame, and then, you know, they beat Florida State in a blowout, and then they come back and lose uh, to UVA by two scores. And, you know, Louisville has been dealing with COVID issues too. Last couple of weeks, Javion Hawkins opted out. And I, and I think you're going to find out that Louisville misses Javion Hawkins a lot more um, than they probably let on in that, in that game last Saturday. Right. Like I think that, um, you know, you look at this Louisville team and, the one thing that has been pretty good all year has been the running game. And now you don't have Hawkins in the mix and the passing game has been overall pretty good. But I think this is the first game you really miss JV on Hawkins mm-hmm. and you really miss that balance to your offense. And BC's defense has been good enough. And I like their offense better than I like Louisville's defense right now. So give me BC and Joey, not only that, not, not only do I, do I want to talk about BC as a one point favorite here in general, but you know what? I'm going to lock that up. That's my pick of the week, Joey. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. Consider it locked. Consider it locked. That's, yeah, I, I feel pretty good about that as well. Like, consider, what, what are the last three things that we've seen from Boston College this year? Uh, they, they were on a bye week last week. Before that, they had a two-touchdown loss to a Notre Dame team that has started rolling a lot. Um, before that, and I clicked on the wrong team here, they uh, had a three-point win at Syracuse in a weird game where they should have scored a lot more. Syracuse got a cheap score. Huge letdown sandwich spot for Boston College. And before that, they were a six-point loss to Clemson. So there, there's reason to see why the public might be looking at them, at least in recent memory, and saying, well, they're maybe not that good or whatever. But I mean, keep in mind what they were doing before that this season. In six games, I mean, they were four and two, looked incredibly competent in a lot of ways on both sides of the ball. Um, seemed like they've started to figure out a run game a little bit here in the last three, four games. Um, so th- there's all of that. Louisville, in particular, though, you're you're coming off a thirty to nothing win that looks really good right. on national TV in front of God and everyone on a Friday night against a Syracuse team that I don't think everybody really realizes how bad they are correct and they're getting worse so there's that, that. is correct um yep. yeah louisville and i mean from like, a, like a, a general quality standpoint like call louisville what you will they haven't won that many games like they they've they've struggled in a lot of ways in the win column but the play-by-play competence has been there in a lot of cases at least offensively and they've started developing that defensively so would it just completely blow me away if Louisville won this game? No, but you know, is it reasonable given nine games worth of sample size that we have on Louisville to think that they're going to go into Chestnut Hill and beat what has been a a competent and improving Boston College team? No, I I don't believe they will. Uh, yeah, I think Boston College wins this game by yeah seven to ten points probably. Yeah, BC should probably be like a four or five point favorite. I think we're overrating Louisville a little. We talked about this with. Uh you know, some of these lines earlier, like I think we're overrating Louisville a little bit based on their performance against a poor Syracuse team last Saturday. Mm-hmm. I feel that way. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. Let's let the chips fall where they may, but I feel pretty good about BC in this football game. Give me Boston college, like 38, 28, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, two scores would not surprise me here. Yeah. Well, and the total's 55 
and that feels a little bit low. I'm not going to lock in an overplay here, but I, I I would lean that way at the very least in the total. I mean, the better of the two defensive units is Boston Colleges, and they've been pretty mediocre all year. Yeah, they're not anything like super special, I would say. Um, they can be had in a lot of ways, so keep right. that in mind. Mike, 7 o'clock on ESPN3, the Duke Blue Devils on the road in Atlanta taking on my Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. I will be in attendance, hopefully. Uh, total is 58. Mike, game's a pick em. So do you want Duke that's turning the ball over about – four times a game or do you want Georgia Tech who look we, we could go into all that but do you want Georgia Tech right now uh, I want them more than Duke I don't trust Chase Bryce I think David Cotclip's done at Duke mm-hmm. that's just no inside knowledge here just yeah that's how I it. feel uh, Georgia Tech's offense has been kind of up and down, but I, I think this is a game where we might see some good things out of Jeff Sims and Jameer Gibbs and Chase Bryce, no matter who he plays, what defense he plays, caliber of opponent, doesn't matter. He's going to throw you the ball a couple times, and this is another game where I think he can definitely do that against the Georgia Tech defense. It's been up and down, but generally okay in the secondary. I, I just... Georgia Tech wins close, but... Uh, a victory for either team in, you know, a very tightly contested game within a touchdown wouldn't surprise me. But give me Georgia Tech. Yeah. I, I'm i going to take Georgia Tech partially because I need Georgia Tech to win for the sake of my win total bet. Win that, and I'm in good shape. As in, it's getting late. <laughs> getting late there, Joey. Yeah, I need one more win, and this seems like the logical one to be getting at this point. Um So hopefully we get it this weekend. Um, Both of these teams off of a long layoff. Uh, The last time we saw Georgia Tech play was against Notre Dame, which you'll remember was a week before they played Clemson. It was the weekend before Election Day. It has been that long since Georgia Tech has played a football game. They've... They've been talking in some press conferences about how they've literally like had almost like a second fall camp basically at this point this month because they've had like weeks on end of practice and no games, um, which is just a weird, weird circumstance to have to deal with. Meanwhile, Duke played a game as recently as November seventh, uh, so they've been off for a solid two weeks. It's been a it'll be a three week gap between games for them as well. Yep, maybe they figure something out in that time. But I don't know. I mean, Duke has played one, two games this year, two games where they have had a positive turnover margin. That, that's the biggest thing I've got to latch on to. Like, you know, turnovers to some degree are luck based. But when you've turned the ball over 25 times in eight games, like there at some point, there's not only luck at play there. Like At some point, you are doing something wrong to create those turnovers. Maybe you fixed that over the last three weeks. I don't know. I hope not. I want to make some money this weekend. But, yeah, I guess if it's a pick em, sure. Give me Georgia Tech at home off a of bye week. Maybe they've gotten better, got their heads on straight, and it'll just go downhill from here. But get one more uh, one more fun afternoon out of it. I don't know. That's the best I got. <laughs> best get I got. one more fun afternoon out of it. That's the spirit. Evening, I guess, yeah. Yeah. So... I'm on Georgia Tech. I guess you're on Georgia Tech because you have to have to be or got to pick one side to take the home team, I guess. I don't know. I would like you to win your total bet. My so. man. I appreciate that. I appreciate the support. 
it's been a tough year, Mike, trying to uh, supplement the income, send the kid to college, the whole thing. So, I mean, you got to start early with that stuff. So <laughs> that's right. Starting. It'll be a fun story when you're drinking at a local college bar. You know, fifteen or sixteen years from now, you could say, "Hey, uh, listen, Charlie, I." funded this with a Georgia Tech <laughs> overbet in the second year of the Jeff Collins era. Daddy, who's Jeff Collins? Oh, he got fired a few years later. Thank God they beat Duke that weekend. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> because that paid the mortgage too. Okay, yeah. moving on. Man, how cool would it have been if they'd beaten Syracuse? Actually, moving on now. Uh, oh, God. 8 o'clock on the ACC Network, the Virginia Cavaliers, a 9.5-point favorite on the road in Tallahassee, taking on the Florida State Seminoles. Total's 59.5. Mike, we found out two things last week. Um, first of all, Charles Snowden for Virginia, uh, out for the rest of the year, probably done as in his career as a Virginia Cavalier. Uh, he'll probably head to the NFL, but he uh, is done for the year with a broken ankle, not not good timing, not a good injury. We wish the very best for him and his recovery because that could have a lot of impact really on, on his future endeavors and, and his ability to make it in the NFL. Mike, the other thing we learned, and it's a good thing that we're really honest on this podcast, and we told everybody that we watched every last second of the Virginia Abilene Christian game last weekend, is uh, we need to mention and remind all the people that that game ended with arguably the bad beat of the year in college Century. football century century yeah yeah of all time like holy smokes the way that virginia covered a 39 and a half point spread in that game cannot go unnoticed we'll say that mike abilene christian scored a touchdown then kicked off to uva abilene christian was in the process of covering the spread all uva needed to do was take a knee at their own five yard line with a little more than a minute to go. Take a knee a couple times. So what do we do, Robert and I? <sighs> Joey? Yes, Michael? The wrong play was called in the huddle. The uh, they, they spiked the ball? <sighs> no, they did not. They, they also didn't take a knee, Joey. And they didn't hand the ball off to the left or to the right? They did not. They didn't really even run the football at all, Joey. No. Want to know what they did? What'd they do? They brought in Keaton Thompson. Hmm. They had Lindell Stone in a quarterback because it was a blowout. Hmm. And they ran a double pass in the shadow of their own goalposts. <laughs> oh, wow. And safety. So, okay, so... Lindell Stone throws it to Keaton Thompson. Keaton Thompson back to Lindell Stone. By the way, I would like to go back and um, I- I'd like to say that this is our Go ACC moment of the week from last week. 100%. We did a colossal mistake on this podcast. But I will defend ourselves by saying that Joey and I mentioned a couple different times that we did not watch this football game. But what we did watch, Mike, was the Bad Beats segment on SportsCenter with Scott Van Pelt on Monday night. And holy smokes. And that is when we realized we made a colossal mistake, Joey. Yeah. Um, so Lindell Stone throws to Keaton Thompson. Keaton Thompson back to Lindell Stone, who gets tackled in the end zone for a safety. So, And you're watching this wondering, why is Virginia running this play on their own five-yard line with a 36-point lead with 45 seconds left in the game? 
that's right. So that safety it, made it 49 and to 15. Quick, quick, one more little thing in here just to yep. bring this up. And if you're wondering the answer to that question of why they were running that play, it turns out that Robert and I was one line off on his play sheet, and that turned a victory formation, take a knee, into double pass, get sacked for a safety. So go ACC to that. Just everything going on there, Virginia, so far. And it just continues from there. Yep, and I, I think Robert and I had UVA covering. <laughs> and in a very backwards-ass type of way, UVA is leading 49-15. to 15, So again, 40 Abilene, chess, Mike. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Abilene Christian was a 39 and a half point underdog in this game. So it's 49 to 15. So they are covering that's 34 points, right? Um, UVA, since it's, you know, sack for a safety, they give the ball back to Abilene Christian, Abilene Christian with zero seconds left on the clock. They're in the middle of running a play. They throw a pick six, Joey, that is proceeded to run back for a touchdown, like a 75 yard return by a defensive end yards. 84 yards by Deshaun Perry oh to make it 55 to 15 UVA covered by half a point. <laughs> all they needed to do was take oh. a session and this, all this could have been avoided, but, and look, if you were betting on Abilene Christian plus 39 and a half, I, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. You earned it. You earned it. I was talking with uh, Lauren Brownlow about this on her podcast last week. She bluntly said, who is betting on this football game? Apparently and somebody. Yes, Apparently my answer somebody. at the time was, don't you worry. Somebody will bet on it. Let's just hope they were on the right side of that one. Yeah. That being said, Mike, Virginia had nine and a half point favorite on the road at Tallahassee this week against Florida State. Uh, give me Virginia. All the way. Virginia, Virginia. I mean, we've been talking about fading Florida State for weeks now. I have no reason to stop now. And UVA is actually playing some pretty good football here. So give me the Wahoos. Uh, I'm with you. Florida State's getting worse. Um, Virginia's getting better, I think. Um, it, I mean, big loss this week for, again, losing Charles Snowden for the year. But, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the offense is gelling a little bit better. We've been having conversations on Twitter that, like, Brendan Armstrong's not as good as Bryce Perkins, but I mean, he's not bad and he's the offense is clearly a lot more functional when he's in the game than when he's not. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I think Virginia should beat the snot out of Florida state this weekend. Seminoles are done. They're yeah, done. Agreed. Fade him the rest of the year. I mean, make jokes, whatever about ducking the Clemson game. If you want, fine. That's, I don't think that's what that was, but Either way, I mean, they were going to lose that game by 70. I think they'll lose this game by at least 10 to Virginia. No problem. Brennan Armstrong isn't Bryce Perkins. He's not as good. He holds every bit of importance that Bryce Perkins had a year ago, though. Like, you remove Brennan Armstrong from the lineup, and this offense for UVA is not even close to the same thing. UVA right now is sitting 10th in the ACC at 4-4. Four and four. I know they're, like, in a, you know, a billion way tie. So we don't need to parse that out right now, mm-hmm. um, but UVA can win each of these last three games and finish seven and four. And if seven and four, even at six and five, quite honestly, if that's what ends up being, if they go two and one in the stretch of Florida state, Boston college, Virginia tech, that's a great gap year for Bronco Mendenhall and yeah. something to build yeah. off of. And there've been a lot of bright spots for Brandon Armstrong and, we made a lot of jokes in the off season 
about Armstrong because the UVA fan base was so high on him, but I can see why they were excited about him, especially yeah. last you know month or so since he's gotten back into the lineup. He's been healthy. They they have a lot of reason to be excited about what he can do here in the future, and I think UVA can can get to seven wins. I really do. I think they can win these last three games. Yep. I think it's very much on the table. Again, at Florida State, home against Boston College, at Virginia Tech, not a one of those games isn't winnable. Probably favored in all three. Hmm, I could see them as an underdog against Boston College, although that is a home game, so keep that in it's mind. It's a home game. So, yeah. okay. Yeah, Virginia to play there. I, it, it's almost a XYZ team minus anything against Florida State situation at this point. Um, Agree. Agree. And we can break down... Yeah, we can break down X's and O's of it, but what it really boils down to is give me one reason why we should trust Florida State to do anything right now. Yeah, they're, they're ready they're not to pack it in and move it on to next year. Like, they're, they're done. Yeah, they're done. Speaking of teams that are done, Mike, noon on the ACC Network, the Syracuse Orange playing host to the NC State Wolfpack. NC State's not the team that's done here, by the way. Uh, Wolfpack, a 14.5-point mm-hmm. road favorite in the Carrier Dome. Total is 51.5. Mike, we're fading Syracuse. Give me the Wolfpack. Wow, we just did this preview like 30 seconds ago. That's kind of funny. Feels that huh? way. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, it almost. does. This is the uh, uh, Bailey Hawkman didn't play great last week against Liberty, right? Safe to say. Yeah, that was. I have his best game. I I wouldn't say that was his worst outing of the year. We've seen him play a couple of other bad games, but definitely a major letdown from what we had seen the previous two weeks. Agree. This is the Bailey Hawkman get right game against Syracuse's defense. And quite honestly, Syracuse is not going to move the ball that much on NC State. NC State, who has a defense that hasn't been great, but has been improving and hasn't always been pretty. And we've talked about that a million times. Uh, NC State wins and covers here. And I'm not sure Syracuse scores more than twice. Uh, yeah. I mean, and if twice includes like a field goal or something, I mean, they might score like 10 points or something like that. But yeah, I mean, this Syracuse offense, like, Yes, we could get, and I have to, I'm not even remembering the name, honestly. Um, we could get a little bit more Jacoby and Morgan, maybe some development a little bit from last week. But, like, I mean, I, I saw what you did against a Louisville defense. I don't feel like you're going to do that much better against an NC State defense. Like, Yeah, that's probably better than Louisville's, by the way. Yeah, the total is 51.5. I'm kind of leaning under on that, Mike. Uh-huh. I'm tempted to make that an official play. Um. This total, I mean, as again, as mentioned, I don't think Syracuse is scoring more than like 10 points in this game. So at that point, do you really think NC State's scoring 42? Right. I'm against, on the under as well. Against a decent Syracuse defense. And again, they run kind of a, a little bit of a funky scheme that can give quarterbacks trouble at times. And it seems like Hockman is, is kind of want to play right into that and, and cause yep. his own problems. So yeah, give me the yep. under. Let's make it the under. Let's make that under. Yeah, I'm on play. the under as well. Because even if NC State plays well offensively, like Syracuse isn't going to score much. Yeah. Um, I think the ceiling for Syracuse could be like 14 points. I mean, could you see this being 35 14? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's a cover in both directions. Bingo. Yeah. I mean, that's an under and a cover. That's probably so. what, like a pick six by Syracuse to give him to 14? <laughs> I, I mean, not trying to pile on, but I, I mean, maybe a little bit I am. I don't know. We're out on the Syracuse offense, aren't we? Badly. Badly. Yeah. Look, maybe we can try again next year, but for this year, yeah. No, we're done. We're done. 
Yeah, Dino should see what Eric Dungey's up to. Yeah. Mike, we are in agreement on every last pick we have on the board right now. What could possibly go wrong? Uh, so we talk about these games before we hit record just mm-hmm. to make sure that, you know, we have the sound drops ready and stuff like that. And We're so getting one I don't right. professional podcast, you know. Right. Now completely take Joey by surprise on some of the things I say and do, which I know I do anyway, but just. I, I try to take as much guesswork out of it as possible. Um, this is just one of those deals where there are a lot of spreads we like, and we're just in agreement. So we try to make it as interesting as possible. So hope that was conveyed. Yep. Hopefully so. Mike, you didn't think you were getting out of here that easy, did you? Nope. Good. Because we, we do have another game to preview. <laughs> do you know do what you would know that what be, we're Joey? To? At noon on ESPN Plus, your Bowling Green Falcons. Where where's my hold on? Your Bowling Green Falcons. There it is. A twenty-four and a half point underdog on the road in Athens, Ohio, taking on the Ohio Bobcats. Total doesn't matter. You got you got Bowling Green here. Twenty-four and a half. Uh, d- don't make me bet against Frank Solich. <laughs> Ohio wins big, and covers. Look, at this point, Mike, if, you, if you're betting on Bowling Green, I, look, that's on you. That's on you. You have a better shot at winning bets with Abilene Christian. You might have a better shot at the lottery. I don't know. That's future Virginia Tech defensive coordinator Brian Van Gorder to you. <laughs> Total is 54 and a half. We're going over that because Brian Van Gorder's defense is not stopping the fighting Bobcats. Of, Ass. Of, Total ass. Ohio, yeah. Uh, yeah. Should be a fun post-Thanksgiving afternoon for the Falcons. I think so. If by the Falcons you mean the Bobcats, then yes. <laughs> Mike, let's go Falcons. <laughs> Got to play the sound one more time. Especially, it's like a little bit of a penalty because I didn't play it the first time. Uh, well, you stuttered over it. Then you're like, I found it. Here it is. So. <laughs> Like I said, professional podcast here. Yep. Mike, uh, that's all you got. We got picks of the week. I am on Clemson minus the 24 against Pittsburgh. You are on Boston College minus the one against Louisville. I'm betting on it, by the way. I yeah. bet, I'm actually betting money on this football game. I'll probably bet both of those. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I could eh, – I'm probably going to end up actually with my pocketbook leaving Notre Dame, North Carolina alone. I could see a, a reasonable possibility where that game goes a little bit sideways. With as good as North Carolina's offense is, like, I, I just, I don't know. I just don't want to give a ton of points to that. Personally. I'll be betting it. Probably hit the over on Clemson-Pittsburgh as well. Of course you'll be <sighs> betting it. Are you betting on NC State? Um. Hmm. If I do, I'm not betting on NC State. I'm betting against Syracuse. <laughs> Shut the hell up. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I mean, again, we agree on all of these. We we feel pretty good about all of them. There's not a single one of these that we've told you don't bet on. Like, it, really, truthfully, Mike, the game here not to bet on is Duke at Georgia Tech. 
Agree. I mean, I'm spraying the board here, and a lot of them are going to be ACC picks. I'm talking like in general college football this weekend. There are a lot of spreads I like, which is always a dangerous game. Mm-hmm. But I will be spraying the board, and many of my picks will be ACC picks. So, what we're saying is that by Monday, you're either going to be having a great Christmas or no Christmas, and we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Bah humbug or <laughs> Santa Claus is coming to town. Those are the two options. Uh, such is life around this time of year, Mike. And That's the right. best part is that we've still got like three more weeks of this after this. Because what could possibly go wrong in the month of December with more regular season football than we've ever had in the Atlantic Coast Conference? Podcast motto. Podcast motto. Mike, that's all I got. You want to work on getting out of here? Yep. Uh, we are going to get out of here. I am going to travel to Atlanta. Um, I'm going to hang out with my family. You're going to hang out with your family. We're going to watch a lot of football. I'm going to go see a football game in person. Theoretically, we'll see. I mean, supposedly, but you know, things change by the hour these days. So who's to say we're going to come back. We're going to recap these games uh, and tell you kind of what happened and how we feel about them. Uh, we'll do that on Sunday. And until then you guys can find us on Twitter. I'm at FTRS Joey. He is at Mike McDaniel VT, and together we're at BC Podcast ACC. You can also find us on Instagram at BC Podcast ACC. Go check us out there. Lots of good stuff there, making sure that you can uh, find all of our, our our content and especially see the highlights of, of uh, you know our highlight reels, we'll say. Find us there. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, Breaker, the Overcast app, wherever fine podcasts are sold for free. Mike, you want to tell them where they can find us on the social medias? Facebook, facebook.com slash basketball conference rate review. Find all of your podcasts there, Joey. Please do. Please do. Appreciate those who have. And also, you can send us an email with your questions, comments, concerns to the longest email address, known to man, basketball conference podcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Thank you. Did that a little out of order? You, you stuck with it well. Proud of you, Mike. Well done. I am not somebody who is easily tripped up. <laughs> Good focus. Good focus. Uh, Mike, anything else before we get out of here? Home field apparel. Home field apparel, like BF like we Go mentioned ACC. earlier. Yep, at BF Go ACC or would be the uh, promo code. Make sure to check that out. That's right. So. Between now and November thirtieth, BF Go ACC for thirty percent off your order as the Black Friday deal there, and uh, help support them and help support us. So appreciate those who have get that Christmas shopping out of the way early. Mike, have a good weekend. Happy Thanksgiving. We will uh, we'll talk after the weekend's over. You too, buddy. Safe travels. Yes, sir. All right. Well, until next time, for Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. Have a great Thanksgiving holiday. Enjoy the games. We will talk to you again soon. And until next time, go ACC. How about last time? How about when Stanford Steve was like, have you ever seen number 36 throw it to number 99 and throw it back? We don't make enough of a big deal on this podcast about Virginia quarterback numbers. We don't. We don't. We don't. It's like a. It's like the scarlet letter.